be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. You've got mail. You've got mail. July 10th, 2022, dude, my mom and I listen to your show on the regular. And I just want to thank you for saving me from this chick that almost had me going to jail. She wanted me to fight this dude that she used to date because she said he disrespected her. This situation happened before I started dating her so my logic was why should I get involved in a confrontation and I don't know this dude. You were so right, she started calling me all kind of names told me I was no kind of man and that I would never be someone that she could ever trust. She dumped me for another dude and now he is locked up and she's pregnant by him. Thanks once again for helping me dodge a bullet. By the way, my mom is 44 and available let me know if I can hook you guys up lol. Darian, Springfield, Illinois. Alright, Darian. Well, I appreciate um, the photo and email of your mom. Very attractive lady, I might add. Yeah, so you're going to be the middleman on this, huh? Well, I'm not going to complain on my end, because your mother is fine. Folks, give me an idea. <laughs> this woman has, it looks like a denim and leather type of uh, top. And the jeans go with it with the leather cowboy boots to match, or cowgirl boots, I should say, to match. Very long auburn hair going down to at least her shoulders. Blue eyes, piercing blue eyes. Very nice looking lady. So, definitely, definitely Darian. Now, let's look at a couple of things here. What did the woman try to do? The woman tried to groom you for manipulation, just like a lot of women do when they want to use a man persuade him into doing something. Now there's a difference. Grooming for persuasion is different from grooming for usury when it comes to a relationship. See, fellas, what you have to understand is that a woman who grooms you for a relationship, she's only grooming you to get you to see things her way. In other words, she's not grooming to dominate you or to make you feel less than or to kind of put you in a place where you would always feel as though you're chasing a carrot in a relationship. That's not happening. Now, the truth of this matter is this. With these type of relationships where you would have a person that's berating you as this woman did you, She's doing this because not only did you fail to measure up to her standards as far as what she was expecting of you, she wanted you to fight that guy. You had to actually save yourself in this situation because she had no intentions of saving you by saying, honey, don't worry about it. Uh, He's not worth it. None of that. None of the stop gaps. She wanted you to fight this dude. And what this shows you is how 
big her agenda is for herself. This shows you how she plans to go in and it's my way or the highway. And now you've learned your lesson on this. There are other men out there that still have to learn their lesson who will have to deal with a woman like this. And in no way is this woman ever going to be worth it, worth the effort, worth the ass whooping, worth the fight, worth the jail time, worth the money for bail. Because this is all about her trying to make her ex feel jealous, feel bad. So in essence, she's using a man in a current relationship to take care of a score and a pass one. You know, men get tired of that. It's a dummy mission, fellas. This is what we call a dummy mission. So don't get caught up in that stuff. I'll put it to you this way. If a woman can get you to get into a fight over her based on something that's unprovoked, you are a dumbass. If you're the offender, you deserve every ounce of jail time you get. See, what these women like doing, they like picking a fight with people that they have beef with after they're in a relationship. They're not going to suffer the consequences. The guy they're dating will. And, of course, the foot soldier, the guy that's trying to impress her, the guy that's walking around because she's giving him a little piece of pussy, he is beside himself thinking that he is the man. You can't tell him nothing got an answer for everything. And he's ready to shut anybody down that has a dissenting view or opinion that contradicts hers. And he'll be that way until he realizes when she's ready to get rid of him, the way they do it is they get you in an altercation like a fight. And fellas, let me just help you to something because women used to do this shit all the time in the club. When a woman was done with a guy and he was getting on her nerves, what she would do is start beef with somebody. Allow her man to go in there and be the dumbass Captain Saberhold to try to save the situation. And either he winds up in the ICU, in the morgue, or behind bars in jail. No matter what state this man winds up in, whether it's one of those three, those outcomes are the best for her. Either one of them. Because that gives her space away from him. And she could finally let him get the message that it's over. I want you to think about it like this. It's like these record labels of the 90s. You know, these artists. And they'd come into the studio. And they used to do this in the past as well. And they'd come into the studio, go into the corporate office. And when they're on top of the world and on top of the charts, you'll see their picture at the end of the hallway. But they might come in one weekend and not see that anymore. And then they'll tell them, hey, you know what? You need to talk to your agent. <laughs> and by this time, you know where you are. And that's if you're lucky. They might tell you straight up before you, your agent even gets the news. 
And by the way, folks, let me tell you something. If you have an agent and you have to keep them informed of what's going on in your career, you might want to get another agent. Just saying. All right. Here's the thing. Darian, I commend you for what you've done. You did the right thing. You stood up for yourself. I know your mother is proud of you. I'm proud of you. And one of these days, I might be your stepfather, and I'll be proud of you even more. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing that I would tell you. You got to find out what triggered you to date a woman like that. Now, I'm quite straight up with you, as I've always been. I made some mistakes in my life by dating women that I shouldn't have been around. Only up. And what you'll find is that there may be an attraction to them. But please keep in mind, those women will bring you down. They will do you in. In any case, I'm going to see an email, sir, in order to... Um, Solidify my interest in your mother. And we'll see what happens. At least the worst that can happen is she comes to Vegas and we have a drink or two. All right. More in a moment, folks. Folks, one thing that I will tell you. You have to be careful out there, especially you ladies. Men too, but ladies also. You know, when you go out on these dates and you go to these remote locations, Lover's Lane, you name it, be very careful, be mindful. Because a lot of people that want to do devious acts may be in your company and you may not realize it. What do I mean by this? Some couples will go out and maybe want to go somewhere to Lover's Lane or somewhere like that. And now I look back in retrospect about how stupid some of the things I did was. We would go to places where we wanted to be alone. Not thinking that someone else could be there waiting for us, some sort of predator. If you're in a remote location, you and your partner are all you have. And I don't recommend doing this unless you make sure that you have damn good internet service or coverage. Having to go and drive so many miles in order to get someone that has a landline because there's no internet service where you are is not a good idea. I'm just telling you this to be safe. Because a lot of times when we're in love, we don't think about that. We think that, oh, we don't have to worry about those things. We don't want to think of anything negative. But you have to be practical. Usually in remote locations, that's where you will find a lot of times fugitives, people that may be disenfranchised, 
people that may not feel as though they fit in. And when you get into that environment, they may feel threatened that you're there. There was a situation years ago in Utah where a couple went out and they were going to take pictures of the moon. And that's what the guy liked doing. He liked photography. And he wanted her to take on his interest or to see whether or not she really liked it. And she really did. And they sat out there taking photos. Well, a white pickup truck shows up. They were the only people out there. This guy gets out of the truck and he asks one question. Have you guys been here before? Well, the woman responded, no. And immediately the guy started shooting. Shot her boyfriend dead. Shot her several times. And then he walked over and continued shooting her. He then started going through her pockets, front and back, as, she, as he did the other guy. He then took their car keys and took their vehicle and left, leaving the two of them there to die. The only thing they wanted to do was have an innocent date together. This woman had to literally struggle get to her feet and crawled to a roadside. She got halfway up the hill and she saw a vehicle come into the place where they were and she yelled for the people to go call the police. Well, these people had to go miles in order to get to someone's phone on landline so they could call the police. 911 came out and she ran and made, well not ran, but walked up, made it to the side of the road, collapsed, just waving her hands. A couple of vehicles passed her by and the one vehicle stopped. At this point, she thought that maybe it was the killer. But to her fortune, it was the people that had seen what had happened down there and had gone and called the police. And they were coming back to go down to wait with them until the cops came. Now, she was filled with guilt because her boyfriend died and she felt as though she should not have left him but stayed beside him. And that's a guilt that doesn't go away. This is the reason why I say you have to be very careful about being in remote locations with your partner because you don't know what dangers are out there. Yes, you have animals, but most animals don't want to really deal with us people. But they're like, shit, you know, what y'all gonna do, build another condo out here? No, thank you. But when it comes down to people, you never know what triggers them. Now, when she went to trial, went to the trial for this guy that shot her and killed him, he got two life sentences. And they asked him why did he shoot them as a couple. And his response was, I just wanted to see what it was like to kill someone. An innocent couple, madly in love, 
trying to establish a relationship. And this is the thanks they get from someone who's disenfranchised and disgruntled and has all kinds of other issues going on. This is the reason why I talk about people getting help before something like this can happen. Because depression, anxiety, feeling lost, all these things will take a toll on you and you have to be able to manage these feelings. And you couples, you gotta be aware of your environment, situationally aware. I'll never forget one night, a girlfriend of mine wanted to go out on this date. She was into a lot of uh, macabre things. She wanted to first go to dinner, which we had a nice dinner that evening. And I told the story before. And then she wanted to go to this haunted mansion. Now, this was an old Victorian home right off of the uh, 101, not the 101, but the uh, 110 freeway, Harper Freeway. And this was supposed to be a haunted house. Well, we can kind of tell that they kind of improvised some of the things. They had people whispering in the background. They had noises, you know, different things. And I told her I was reluctant to go and it was expensive to get in there as far as I saw it. And I told her, anything that touches me besides you, I'm knocking the fuck out of it. Now, I'm on edge the whole time. We're hearing noises, you know, all kinds of things going on. It was okay. Wasn't worth the money, I don't think. But we went through it to help out. I think it was a charitable organization behind it. I'm not quite sure. And then afterwards, she says, okay, we're going to end our date in a kind of interesting way. She wanted me to drive her to the cemetery. And we get to the cemetery, and she wants to make out at the cemetery. The one right up there on Melrose. We go to the cemetery, and she's leaning back in her seat in the passenger side. And we're kissing. And I happen to look up, and I see this lantern in the distance. And these people are, I guess, digging a grave. It was the staff at the cellar. And I saw the guy come over and I knew good and well. I said, oh shit, you know, this ain't good. People with shovels, people with lanterns and flashlights, and one of them coming over to our way. And I told her. And she says, oh, isn't this great? Isn't this wonderful? I said, no, it's not. Because to me, it seems like a setup. You're trying to get my ass buried. And she started laughing. She said, no, and the guy... Came over. We had to leave, of course. But what I was explaining to her was, even though it was macabre and different, I said, you know, something like this could be dangerous. Said, oh, you, you know, you just got a lightweight stomach. You just don't really have it. Well, we go back to her apartment because I live in Santa Monica at the time, and so. 
We get there, and she's got all of the stuff from the movies in her place. Vampires, statues of Frankenstein, monsters, all this stuff. And it was a bizarre experience with her. You know, some people that are like that. Now, I kind of knew she was kind of tilted in a weird direction, but I didn't know how weird until I went on a date with her. There's another lady that I met on Tower Records. Beautiful woman, and she had the Betty Page hairdo that I like with the widow peak, and she had the uh, white strand of hair going down, all the way down. Very long hair, beautiful woman. Red lipstick, the whole nine yards, just look gorgeous. And she kept looking at me, and I kept looking at her. We started flirting. We started talking about the music and everything. And at that time, they had the Tower Records on one side of Sunset and the old original Tower Records on the other. And we were in a new area. And what was crazy, I went to my car, and she went to hers. And I had to go and ask her. She was in a hearse. And this thing was nice. It had gangster white walls on it. It was really laid out. And she's like, yeah, I'm restoring it. And it's going to be pretty cool. She had a nice killer sound system in there. And I said, well, you don't have a casket in it. She said, no, I'm working on that now. And we actually wound up dating. She was rather weird, rather strange. But she was cool, very cool. I liked her a lot. It's kind of weird when we would go places, though. She insisted on driving a hearse. She loved that car. But the thing is, folks, you'll run across people that are eccentric. But sometimes you also need to be situationally aware. Because I'll never forget, we went to one restaurant. The valet would not park the car. He was terrified of the hearse. He said, no, 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 no. He says, you, you need to uh, park that yourself. Uh, put it somewhere else, please. Not here. It was kind of strange. But, you know, teachers on. But she had a nice, it was laid out on the inside. It had the lighting and everything. But it was weird. It was really, really weird. But the moral of this whole situation that I'm talking about is being situationally aware when you guys are out. Because you never know. You may put yourself in an environment that you may think is safe, but may not be so. There was a situation that happened in New Orleans, I believe it was in the late 80s, early 90s, where a young lady was coming home from school. As innocent as it sounds. And she was on her way home, and she was walking past the park. And this guy that was rather light-skinned, she was African-American. He was African-American, light-skinned with, with uh, zits on his face, short. And he tells her, we need to go over here. And he says, reason being, my friend has a gun, and you need to do what I say. So she goes over to this park area, and he takes her jewelry, takes her money, and he rapes her underneath some bleaches. Well, after he's done his business, his partner goes over while he stands watch and he 
raped her as well. So she's sexually assaulted twice. These guys leave, tell her not to leave until she counts to 100. She does so, she gets up, she's disheveled, she's bleeding, she's in bad shape. She's limping down the street, trying to make it home. She's not only a few blocks away, maybe a block and a half. She walks past this other guy, African-American gentleman in fatigues, camo and everything. He tells her she, he has a gun. After he befriends her, she tries to ignore him at first. Then he forces her into an alley, takes her down into the back room, has his way with her for two hours. And at this point, she doesn't care what's going on. The guy has left, she's ready to move on. She gets out. She limps home, tells her mother what happened. Mother takes her down to the police station. They go, they do a rape kit on her. She gets a call back in a few weeks that she possibly may be HIV positive. They weren't quite sure. And so they had to run more blood tests on her. Well, they were looking for the assailant and they finally caught the guy. But at the time, I don't think they really had anything to hold him on, but they investigated. She didn't really have an identification of the guy, I don't believe, at the time. She knew what he looked like, knew what he wore and everything, but the police let that happen. She was then going past the store with her mother one day in the car. And she pointed the guy out as he was at a bus stop. They called the police. Police arrested him, arrested this man. And then they found that indeed he was the one that raped her. Don't understand the particulars of why they let the guy go the first time. But the second time around, they did find that he was HIV positive. Now, thing was, she had to get her blood tested every month or so. And so far, until now, she's still negative. Thank goodness. The guy wound up getting locked up, getting put away for a long time. While he raped her, he admitted that he had killed other women. And she told him about that, told the police about that, and apparently he got put away for a very, very long time based on that also. Now, the thing is, she was able to come out of this in a positive way, where she was able to marry, have a family, open a business, and she's doing very well in New Orleans. But she had to go through a lot to get there. And this was just an innocent woman. Not bothering the soul. And here's the sad thing about it, especially in the urban areas, in the hood. There are a lot of people that commit crimes and people know these people who committed those crimes and won't speak up. 
snitches get stitches, they say. Well, what does everyone else get if the snitches get stitches? I guess the regular people go to the morgue, and that's supposed to be an okay exchange. People wind up getting raped and abused, and that's okay. Folks, what we have to look at is the way we treat each other is indicative of the way we feel about ourselves. This is why I stress a lot, not to scare you, not to incite fear or anxiety, but for you to look out for certain things and characteristics that a person may foreshadow with you before you start taking them on in a relationship. This is very important. Some of you have had some horrific relationships. There was one woman that wrote me and told me about a situation she had with a co-worker. She and her co-worker were good friends. And this guy that the co-worker was dating was very obsessive. And what he started doing when she broke the relationship off, he started hanging around the parking lot trying to talk to the employees when they got off work to convince this woman to give him a second chance. And of course, these people wouldn't. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. They told management eventually they had him blocked from even coming on the premises. Well, that wasn't good enough. He started harassing some of the employees until he harassed the wrong one. And he had no idea that this woman had a boyfriend. And the boyfriend whooped his ass pretty badly. And of course, the woman who initially dated the man felt bad about the situation. And eventually she resigned from her job in order to keep the peace in the workplace. It shouldn't have to come to that, but it does. But here's the thing. When you start up a relationship, you have to look for these things. You have to take your time with it. Don't just get in a rush. All these hookups and everything, the problem with that, you don't have a chance to get a feel for the person a lot of times. And you're thinking that it's just going to be, okay, I'll get rid of my sexual urge and I'll move on. That person may be stuck on stupid thinking that this is the only time I'm going to have a sex with a woman that really gives a damn about me. And therefore, desperation kicks in. And it can happen with women on men too. It can happen that way as well. But you have to understand that sometimes you will have to say no and mean it. And you just can't play around with that particular decision you make. 
you can't have doubt with it. You can't have insecurity with it. When you say no, you mean no. And guys, you got to understand when a woman says no, she's done. She's already said what she means. Respect it. Don't try to push it. See, here's what women will do a lot of times. Take, for instance, you do something that's inappropriate on a date, she'll correct you on it. Now, take that correction as a warning, just like you would on a job. Pull back. You don't need to go forward with it. Because, see, when you go forward with it and try to keep doing what she... Take, for instance, you're trying to put your arms around and she's not ready for that yet because you guys really don't know each other that well yet. Respect her because she's trying to give you a chance to correct the behavior. And if you do it a second time, she's done. There's no third strike. Second time, she's done. She's already shut down. So after that first time, it's a warning shot. And usually women will tell you exactly how you screwed up. Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Uh Uh-uh, please, could you move your arm? Nobody going to tell me no. That right there, what you're doing is you're exposing your insecurity. That is a bigger turnoff to a woman than anything else. Don't force your wheel on her. You don't have to. This is not one of those old movies from the 20s, 30s, where you go and you grab the woman and you give her a kiss and then all of a sudden she swoons. No. Women have so many laws to protect them now, you got to be very, very careful. You got to listen to them. As well, there are laws to protect you fellas as well. We'll talk more in a moment. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Question I received from Sharon out of Fort Worth, Texas. When is an appropriate time for a man to meet a woman's children and family? Would love to know this. XOXO, listen to you regularly. Appreciate it, Sharon, down there in Fort Worth. Here's the thing you have to understand with this. I would highly recommend if you're a single mom, as Sharon is apparently, the last person that needs to meet your children would be your man, your new man. Who he should meet first? Your friends, to get an assessment of him. Then your family. Then the children. The reason why you're doing it this way, you have three layers of protection. Your friends, your family, and believe it or not, your children. See, your children will be able to see things that you probably won't see in this individual. And with these stopgap measures, what you have is you have several layers in which this person would have to go through in order to be qualified. Now, a lot of people don't like doing that because they have issues with family, friends, and so forth. Some of you ladies are like, well, I got me a man. 
I'm not going to expose him to my friends because they're going to try to take him. I'm not going to expose him to my family because they're going to say he's not the one. Here's the reason why you want to do it this way. You want to do it this way because your friends may see something in him that you don't. Girl, he's a player. I would just say that. I remember seeing him as so-and-so and so-and-so. Could very well be with the family. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing I would tell you. If you're on an amicable basis with the baby's father, you'd want to definitely set up a meeting between you, the baby's father, and his new woman, and your man. Do this before he meets the children. Now, the reason why you want to structure it this way is because you have a lot of people that you can gather information from about him, opinions, observations, those kinds of things will help you along the way. Take for instance, your girlfriends really like him. Mom and dad may like him. Dad may not be so enthusiastic. Mom may be, well, you know, he's a nice kid, etc., etc. Well, you want to listen to all opinions, dissenting opinions and pro-opinions. And here's why. There may be some validity in all of them. Now, the reason why you want to, if it's amicable and feasible, for him to meet your baby's father is so that there could be an understanding about the rules, the guidelines for rearing the children, things that you guys have established already by co-parenting. You as the woman will be the key in this situation. In other words, that new man will have to defer to you in regards to anything about the children. He is there to assist in what you have already laid down as the guidelines. If the kids are not supposed to be up past 10 o'clock at night, he is there to enforce that premise. And this is something that you will need to discuss with him early on in the relationship so that he will be prepared to understand that he will have this gauntlet of people to go through. Now, most guys don't like going through all of this, but that wouldn't be the guy for you anyway. You'd be looking for someone who's willing to go through this because you're valuable enough for them to do so. And by doing this, you have more than one set of eyes on him to determine whether or not they got a good feel for him. Now, if you're in an acrimonious relationship with your ex, then things will be different there, of course. He probably doesn't want any man around the children. He may want to say something to the effect of, he could be over at your place as long as my kids are not there. I want them with me when he's over there visiting you. Or something of that sort. Because some men have a really hard time with another man rearing their children or even participating in that process. But then you have others that won't mind it as long as it's contributing in a positive way to the children's development. And that's what you're looking for. So you want to structure it in that way and see exactly what you have. Because in this way, it's more comprehensive and people are a little bit on the same page. 
So it makes it a lot easier as far as the transition of how the family is going to flow. Now, as a single mom, what you're looking for is somebody that's going to be there long term. Don't introduce your man to any of your children or family if it's going to be a short-term thing. If it's just something where you're just trying to get the edge off, get you some sex, you should never be in earshot of those children or too many people that are close to you. The reason being is that in this case, it's never going to evolve into anything of value. You don't want to start bringing a cavalcade of men around your children and family and friends because then they're going to start saying it's a non-event every time you do it. You only want to do this when you're really serious about someone and they're serious about you. This will help immensely. This will help you make better decisions. Like I've always told you, the one thing that we learned in the master's program, the MBA program, was this. The best decision you can make is from the most information you have to make an informed decision. The worst decision you could possibly make is to think that you can wear all hats at the same time and make the decision autonomously. Because just think about it for for one moment. What if one person made an automobile or an airline jet? What if they forgot something? In the construction of that jet. When will you find out? You'll find out when it's falling out of the sky, right? So that's the reason why you have other people. It's up to you to make the ultimate decision. But when you have the information coming from other sources to make that decision, it puts you in a richer environment to make a better choice. See, most people just try to do it autonomously. That's the reason why you have so many people that are single because they're just going by the way they feel and just by their only choice. And therefore they think they've made the right choice. And this is when it comes into them defending their personal choice over a logical one. This is when feelings come in conflict with logic. Your feelings will lead you. Your logic is what will actually sustain you. And so this is where you have to look at it in a sense that's going to be more fulfilling for you. Because your benefit is to have a wonderful relationship where you can enjoy your life with your children and go forward with the person that's really going to contribute. The last thing you need is someone that's not, or that's combative or contranormative. Now, contranormative person, as I've talked about before, these individuals that if you like something, they automatically dislike it. If you say one thing about a person like, oh, I really like that singer, I really like, they're going to go out of their way to go on the opposite pole. They're going to always do this. And this is what you have to watch out for. When people do this, you have to understand there may be an air of dislike about you that they have or disdain and they're expressing it in that way now some people do this for attention you'll see some of your friends may do this in order to say I don't mind being a bad guy any attention is good attention that person you really don't need around you you don't need yes people but by the same token you don't need somebody that's 
deliberately going out of their way to disagree with you, especially when there's a logical solution to something and they go out and turn it around just so that they could be different, just so they could be noticed. Some of you have friends like that. And you're starting to realize that, damn, you know, everything I like, this person doesn't like. And then they get on social media and anything you post, they got a contra post. They got something against it. They got conflict that they're going to post or something where they're going to make it combative. Now, keep in mind, many of these folks will not comment or post anything on your page and they will wait for you to post something so they can tear it down because that's their way of getting even with you. And you have to watch this especially. Another thing you have to watch in relationships while we're on the subject of social media are individuals who will post things that are personal that are going on within your relationship and then they'll post something where they're the victim and then people will, you know, come and try to cheer them up or whatever or tell them, oh, it's not so bad or whatever. And then they become very defensive and then turn the whole thing on the other person to make it feel as though they are encroaching. Even though this person gave up the information in order to start the dialogue. Watch for that bait and switch technique technique as well. Some people do it. Your relationship should not be on social media. Just put it that way. It's best not to have it there. The less they know, the more you are better off with them not knowing. But, of course, we like to talk about everything we've eaten for lunch, eaten for dinner, we post all the pictures, some people have been fired because they were consuming alcohol while they were posting Facebook videos. Really watch yourself on that, okay? Because a lot of these employers will look for anything to get rid of you for, especially if you may have rubbed someone the wrong way in the workplace. This is just to help you. Other things to keep in mind as well. If you are having some sort of conflict with the person that you're starting a relationship with, you want to sort those things out early. If they cannot be sorted out, you don't have to sit there and try to haggle with that person if you guys are not getting along. You just move on and find someone else that you're more compatible with. You're not stuck. That's not the last train that Clark's to build. You have other things you can do besides that. Especially being a female, you have more choices. As men, we have to put more irons in the fire. I'll put it to you this way, ladies. For every 20 guys you contact that you may like on a, on a dating site, a man will have to contact about 100 women on the dating site to get one that will probably respond. Yeah, guys can come in with all kinds of uh, you know flashy intros, that kind of thing. But sustaining the conversation is what many of them fail. Because they can be entertaining, charming, charismatic. But can they hold that up? A lot of times, many of them can't. They make a good splash. But guess what? After they're in the water, can they swim? These are things you have to consider and you have to look at 
when you're really assessing whether or not somebody is worth your time. As men, we do it all the time. We see it and we understand what we're dealing with. Now, are men perfect? No way. Let's get the word perfection and perfect out of our vocabulary when it comes to dating. It doesn't exist. When someone tells you, well, I'm not perfect, what they're letting you know is, whatever I've done that may be subpar, I'm asking you to accept it. That's what they're saying in plain English. People go to the extreme of perfection when they know they're falling short or when they know that there's something that comes in below the standard of the expectations that that person expects of them. And that's what we have to keep in mind. That's what we have to look at. Because a lot of times people will do this and not understand the consequences. There are consequences with everything we do. Every decision we make. There's an offset. Doesn't necessarily have to be bad or negative. It just has to be a consequence. That's it. And sometimes the consequences are good. Some of you ladies have written in and talked about some of the guys that you really couldn't stand in the initial stages of him talking to you and you talking to him only to find out that things were pretty good after you got a chance to know him. Others of you have really liked the guy in the beginning and then found out that, hey, he's not what he claimed to be. That's the way it goes. And you have to be able to be definitive on your judgment. When you say, nope, that's it, we're done, mean it. a scam that's become so normalized that we don't even realize it's a scam anymore going to the motherfucking club because when you think about it you spend all this motherfucking money just to be around a bunch of other superficial motherfuckers you're gonna pay 10 to 20 motherfucking dollars for valet a bullshit version of valet then you gotta pay anywhere between 10 to 40 dollars just to get inside the club then it's a possibility that you might be standing up for the whole night if you don't want to pay 50 to 100 dollars for a fucking section and if you want bottle motherfucking me service you're gonna have to pay anywhere between a 150 to probably $300 just for three bow-legged bitches to walk up to you with a sign and some fucking sparklers and a bullshit 750 milliliter bottle that costs about 30 motherfucking meat dollars at the goddamn liquor store. Then some of the women just come up in that bitch just to look cute. They ain't got no social skills or nothing, so they just sit there on their phone. Then you gotta deal with a nigga being on bullshit waiting for the signal to shoot the motherfucking place up. That's why I stay my motherfucking ass at home, man. Well, this does make sense. I will tell you 100%, nightclubs are scams. Plain and simple. Well, you know, here's the problem with many of them. It's trying to get you to do one thing. One thing only. Buy drinks. That's it. Now, here's the difference. When I would hear a place call itself nightclub and real nightclub and spa. There was a place in West LA that was actually a bar and spa. And it was like they had a little dance floor and things and they had a massage parlor in there. But it was a legitimate one. It was not one of these sleazy ones where the women are, you know, dressed all fucked up and, you know. No. These women had on uniforms and it was really a nice place, nice venue. 
and then eventually closed down because they didn't get enough clientele. Well, it wasn't too ritzy, and they weren't going to go and spend all this money on, you know, like they do in these nightclubs. Well, here's the thing. He's right about bottle service, for sure. That's the biggest waste of money ever. I think the MGM Grand, they charge you $150 per seat. So if you're in a booth, you got to pay for those seats. Then you got to pay for the bottle service, which runs about five grand or so, I believe, if not more. But see, that's all about people seeing you showing out, spending your money. But you got to remember with poor people, what do they like to do? They like to show people that they can waste money because they've never been at that point where they could. That's what it was about. It's like the person who never had power. When he gets power, the first thing he has to do is be an asshole and a dictator. And the same thing holds true when it comes down to these people, unfortunately, trying to be somebody in a nightclub. Because, see, that used to be our virtual world years ago. You know how people are on the internet trying to be what they're not? Well, that's why people were being what they weren't back then. A lot of them. Because that was the thing. You had to have this image. I remember guys used to walk around and that damn cell phone service be cut off. And back then, you had the big-ass phones. And they had to stand there profiling because the thing was, it was to have the phone was the big thing. Not necessarily whether or not the person could make a call with it. And I used to always crack me up when I used to see guys and the women would say, oh, can I call my girlfriend to have her come down? No, 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 uh, 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 uh. Now this phone's VIP. Like, there ain't no damn VIP. Your ass don't have a phone because you couldn't pay the bill. I see back then, folks, that shit used to be expensive. My phone bill every month was at least in the neighborhood of about close to a thousand a month. No joke. Because they charged you out the ass for those minutes. There was a company called LA Cellular. Yeah, they're getting your ass on the bills, boy. Now, another thing we have to look at, excuse me. Oof. Another thing we have to look at. With these nightclubs, they're not bad venues, not bad places, but here's the thing. It depends on the ones you go to. There's somewhere everybody has to feed off of you. You go to the bathroom, the guy gives you a stick of gum, sprays you with some fucked up cologne you don't want, and then all of a sudden he's asking for $5. Then you have the guy that's walking around with the roses, the ones that have the little blinking lights on it and shit. And of course, the woman's gonna make you look like an asshole unless you buy one for her. So you go and you buy one for her, and she thinks the world of you because you made her feel so special. The only roses that I would like to buy for a woman would be real ones. Now, and you know what's funny? I remember one time I was out on a date over at the 896 at the Elks Lodge in San Bernardino when it was up on Mount Vernon Avenue. There's this guy that used to come in. He's had roses and flowers and stuff. He was cool. And the lady I was with said, Buy me no fake-ass rolls. If it's not real, don't waste your money. And of course, you know, he had some 
artificial, but he came in there a couple of times with some real ones. That was pretty cool. But it's funny because women, they don't like the fake shit. But, you know, the, the guy's only showing a gesture. Now, other things they have in nightclubs. Photo booths. Photographers. Now, you'd be surprised how many people run to the photo, the photographer, the photo booth to get those pictures before the spouse gets into the nightclub. So the week before, they might have taken pictures with people and then they're like, oh shit, that's right. Did you get the pictures? No, I didn't get them. They'll go get them. Because the last thing they want to do is have the spouse see them taking pictures with someone else. All right. Now, another thing here that we got to realize. A lot of people used to be bold back in the day. And I'm not just talking about some of the clubs I used to frequent. I'm talking about in general. And many of them as I've gone to. And they get kind of confident, overconfident, because they go to the club, they'd be without the spouse, and they'd be talking shit. Like, yeah, well, he at home. He ain't here now. It's just me and you. Well, yeah, but he could walk his ass through that door at any time. I doubt it. He probably at home sleep. Now, she'll talk all that shit, and what you'll do is see her on the patio later on that night. Hey, baby, how you doing? You okay? Want me to bring you something home from, from the club? Oh, yeah, me and the girls are just having a wonderful time. Now, this very same woman talking to him like that has been in the parking lot giving up pussy and sucking dick all night long. Folks, I hate to sound vulgar and crass like that, but it's true. It is true. I have seen carousels of men and women going out to the parking lot to get a business, slipping security of 50 or so, they hitting that ass, they come back in. Who used to be the culprits? A lot of these moms that were in these minivans. And what used to crack me up, I go to a club like Orange County or somewhere, and I'd see the minivan brigade. You already knew what was up. Already knew what was going on. Mom is taking some time with her girlfriends to have girls' night out. Yep. And they wouldn't want to trust the guy so much as to go to a hotel room with them. Nah, that was a little bit too risky. But they did like him and they were horny and they wanted to get their rocks off, so they're going into the minivan get some dick, and then come back. Or else, what I've also seen, multiple women in one van come to the nightclub. Now, I didn't understand that shit at first. So a friend of mine told me, she said, well, the reason why they do that is it, they avoid suspicion. So they know the husbands would be under the impression, well, you know, they're all just going out for girls' night, and so-and-so has the largest van. Not realizing they got the shit laid out where, yeah, that takes place. But here's the thing. 
they're going to always have that one that's going to be a little bit more conservative and skittish and skeptical. They usually leave her at home after a while. But they always used to have one. And that was the one that kind of wanted to mess around, but she was afraid to because she was still torn between being loyal and disappointed with the situation she married into. And those were some interesting situations to be exposed to. I thought they were kind of weird because a lot of these women would be in marriages and relationships and hate the hell out of their situation and talk about it ad nauseum. And they had no problem when it came down to having sex, sucking dick, whatever they were doing, and then saying, well, you know, I'm married, I gotta go back to my husband, blah, 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 blah. And you would see them over and over. And the guys used to tell me, man, you need to go ahead and come off of that morality shit and start fucking some of these women, man. I'm like, yeah, but you know, dude, it's... But at the time, I was thinking about it, I was like, damn, I'm missing out. But the thing that I looked at was, what if I was a husband and all these women were mm. I remember Monica and I went to one spot we get out of the car and this minivan it was a Chrysler Voyager I think it was a Voyager one of those uh, Chrysler Plymouth Voyager it was a Plymouth Voyager and we're seeing just that thing was rocking I thought somebody was fighting inside and so we Kind of fast by, they had one of the doors and the windows. You know how they have that little window that kind of has that little thing where it comes out at an angle? And I'm here, huh, 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 and I'm here, uh, 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 and I'm like, oh shit. And so they didn't care. She was like, come on, we're almost done, we're almost there, we're almost there. And I'm like, shit. Monica was just laughing her ass off. But people were doing that in the parking lot. And it happened. Now, another thing, some clubs, they'll have, you know, their security to take care of the parking lot and there'll be no lingering, no laundering, no, I mean, no laundering or anything like that. Now, here's the thing. It depends on what a club is. See, there was a club called Backwaters years ago that was in Rancho Cucamonga, California. It used to be a nice spot. They served Cajun food, soul food, it was really a nice place to hang out. And what happened, unfortunately, they opened up a nightclub. And that did pretty well for a while until they started getting greedy. And started opening it up on Thursday nights because it used to be like Friday, Saturday. And they'd have a chill night like Sunday. Then they wanted to go on Thursday. And then they started opening up more nights. And as they did that, problems started in the community. People started leaving beer bottles out, started getting into fights, all this other foolishness. This is the reason why most communities don't like dealing with black clubs. Because eventually they're going to turn it up several notches and like the guy said, somebody's going to get a cue for the gunplay to start and then you got a problem. Because what you have to realize too, as many of these venues... You're dealing with a lot of insecurities there. 
the women are insecure from the standpoint that they hope they look fine enough to land a guy. The guy's insecure thinking that, well, I got to act hard enough so I can definitely impress one of these women in here. And that's the way it happens. And unfortunately, the escalation starts over some stupid shit. In any case, folks, the moral of the story is with this, when it comes to nightclubs, do not do what I had to do back in the day because that was our social media because there was no dating sites or dating apps at that time. Use that venue just to mingle, meet someone, and that's it. It's not a lifestyle. Keep that in mind. Don't make it a lifestyle. I made it a lifestyle, and I will tell you. Through it all, yes, I got a lot of experience out of it. But if I had to do it again, there's a lot of things I'd have modified. Still would have probably gone through the same shit. But there's a lot of things I would have modified. But don't make that your lifestyle. It's a waste of time. It's going to set you back on your plan in life. More in a moment, folks. You've got mail. You've got mail. I've been together with my fiancé now for almost eight years and for the most part we have a great relationship. At the start sex was never a concern for us, like it is for most. It happened often and was enjoyable for both. As the years continued though it became less and less frequent. I have talked to others about this and understand it's totally a normal part of a relationship. To put it into context we started our relationship with multiple times a week, then to a few times a month and now a few times a year. In fact we haven't had sex for seven months and counting. I have brought this up to her a few times and every time she dismisses it as not that important, or the more you bring this up the less I want to have sex with you. I have seen our relationship fill in with more arguments over the years especially in 2021 and feel like we are slowly distancing from each other. What compounds my concerns is that we are getting married this summer and I'm not sure what to do next. I do want to go to couples therapy with her and have suggested it a few times. Again, every time I bring it up it ends in an argument that she doesn't find it attractive when I think our sex life sucks. The most bothersome part is that I have seen her in other settings, usually when drunk, being overly friendly with other men, sometimes my friends or otherwise. I have no reason to think she is cheating on me but I still fear this is a path she or even I may eventually be on. How do I convince her that therapy is the right way to go without turning her off? TLDR, fiancé and I have been together for seven years with deteriorating sex life and we are about to get married this summer and she doesn't want to go to therapy. I think she is more attracted to other men. Now, this case right here is a prime example of why you should not try to convince anyone to do a damn thing. Here's the thing, folks. If you're dealing with a recalcitrant partner that for some reason they don't want to go forward and do something with you, there's a good possibility that these sentiments were around well before you got to the problem in your relationship. Now, let's look at a few things here specifically. I'm going to go over some of the things that he pointed out. They've been married for eight years, all right? 
Now this came off of Reddit as a matter of fact. So person sent it to me. I don't know if it was the individual that is going through this or maybe they have somebody that's similar going through it. But I'll comment on it. Eight years together. Sex was great in the beginning. And now the person has gone seven months with no sex. So what does this mean then? This means that this person had around seven years and five months of sex, and now it's tapered off. Female partner, not interested. Now, she says it's not important. They get into an argument every time he brings it up, and that's because, dude, she's tired of you. You've worn out your welcome. Now, here's another thing, too. You will have some women who will start relationships and come out of the gate having sex all the time. I want you to understand that some people use this like they're eating their nasty vegetables first. I'll go and give him all the pussy he wants in the beginning until I get what I want, and once I get that, fuck it. This is what you're probably dealing with here. Now... She's done with you in that sense. And what she's trying to do now is to subjugate you in a more passive role in the relationship. Now, you guys are supposed to be getting married this summer. I don't know if you have been or gotten married or whatever. But now, one thing I will tell you, in this particular situation, convincing her to go to therapy, you're out of your fucking mind. Let this woman go. I don't give a damn you've been with her eight years. She's not worth the fight. And the reason why she's not worth the fight, she's giving her attention to more other men. You're already talking about possibly cheating on her at some future point. You know what's going to happen. And you're trying to cling on to a corpse of a relationship. It's over, dude. Don't waste your time. And even if you were to rehabilitate this thing or resuscitate it for the most part, what you'll be dealing with is a woman that's really not into you or into the relationship at all. You'll just be dealing with a whole bunch of complaints, insults, or she'll be cutting your ass down left and right feel like a tree after she finished. It's not worth it, man. She's going to be humiliating you. And now here's another thing. I bet you you will probably do this and I would not advise you to do this. Don't tell her you want an open relationship or open marriage if you were to get married. Please don't tell her this. Because I can tell you right now she's going to Try to make you feel bad. Now, something else I will tell you. I'm just going to be honest with you. If I were you, the way you could pull this shit to a head very quickly, bring a female co-worker home with you one day to introduce her to her. She doesn't care. See how much she cares about that. Probably won't. See, usually when a woman has thrown her hands up on you, you can't make her jealous. 
Oh, you don't even have to go to that extreme. You can tell her about another woman that you find very attractive at work and guarantee you what she's going to say is, I think you should go and pursue her. Oh boy. You're going to get happy then, aren't you? I think you need to go and pursue her. She'll be the right one for you. When a woman is done with you fellas, she's wiping her hands, putting hand sanitizer on it, just like that cop did in the hallway in that video, which was mighty fucked up, folks. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. That's what's happening. So, there's really no upside for you to even stay in this marriage, man, to be quite honest with you. I shouldn't say married. You're not married yet, I don't think relationship, arrangement, whatever the hell you want to call it. Whatever it is, it's toxic as hell and not healthy. And some people will think, oh, well, you know, maybe she's going through her whatever. You don't treat your partner like shit after being with them for eight years. You just don't do it that way. You, you know, have your distance or whatever. And the reason why she's making him feel so low about asking her for sex is because this is her way of saying no more sex with you doesn't mean I hate sex but not with you is what she's saying and he doesn't get the message and fellas you need to learn this because when a woman is done with you when she's done having sex with you and she's like it's over it's not happening anymore she's going to flatten out the relationship where sex is not even going to be an issue and if you bring it up, it's going to offend her and make her mad. Especially if she had issues about sleeping with you too soon or something like that. Or you only want me for sex. Well, uh, you helped me take your clothes off. You bent over. You allowed me to put myself inside you. You guided me inside you. You pulled me out and sucked so what more am I to expect? They hate to hear it drawn out like that when it's the truth. Because they want to distance themselves away from that act. And there could be all kind of psychological shit associated with sex with that person. From being molested all the way down to screwing the wrong guy. Screwing the wrong guy and getting pregnant and know she got pregnant by the wrong guy. It varies. You don't know what's going on in the theater of the mind with her. You can only deal with what's going on with you. And that's the reason why I would say, fellas in general, when she starts doing that, and some guys used to call it playing with the pussy when a woman would be in a relationship and then cut it off and try to get what she wanted her demands made. Fellas, you already know what the remedy to that is. I don't have to tell you. And I, I'm not one who condones it. Ladies, if you ever cut a man off sexually and you're in a relationship with him, more than likely, unless his self-esteem is so low that he's tripping over it, he's going to get with another woman. And that other woman is going to know every flaw, every good thing, bad thing, indifference, every inconsistency, everything about you, that woman will know like the back of her hand. She'll be able to read you up and down like a newspaper if she ever sees you. You know, a lot of women want to see that one. I want to see what she looked like. No, you really don't. Because that woman 
may be armed with more information about you than you ever would know about her. Don't want to go there. You got to be very careful. Men, they will not say things to you ladies that they will tell the mistress or the other woman. It's just like what women do with me. I remember at one point I knew more about this one particular lady. She used to always come to the bar. She was married. And she would always wind up sitting by me and talking. And it was really pathetic because she would ask me, she said, well, is it about time for us to go and just knock this out, knock this out and having sex? And it's like, nah, you know, you're still married. Yeah, but so what? You know, we can have a good time. I said, no, we're not doing that. Because, see, I knew what this woman was about. She wanted to just get her foot in the door in a relationship. Next thing she was going to do is try to get pregnant. And then just start moving everything from her situation over to not knew that wasn't going to happen. And then after I got her past that, then she wants to tell me about the latest update on what's going on in her situation. Well, I had to go fight his second baby mama. Why'd you have to fight her? Well, she disrespected me. And I'm saying to myself, you think that I put my dick in you? That kind of mindset, thinking that you would probably be fighting people in the street? No, thank you. I can do better than that as a human being. But that's the way she thought that level and I would tell her you know you come to me asking me these questions and I tell her straight up what was the answer and she would go oh no well, I, I don't like that not my problem you living in that bullshit I'm not this is your life and she could never understand the fact that when I would tell her what I would do she'd want to argue state her point and it's like well there's no need in us talking and once I shut her ass down behavior modified well I'm sorry we're not going to talk about that yeah we don't need to talk about it shit I, I can care less it's your life you coming to me I'm not coming to you but see the sad thing about it people love being miserable what they hate is that they don't get that change that they would expect out of being miserable for the person. The person doesn't have to change for them. But it got to do shit. That's the reality. A lady wrote my show, and she wrote the following. She just wrote a little snippet. Diane writes the following here. I really started liking your show in the beginning, but now you've gone too negative. You have actually gone well past the truth. You know you really need to re-examine how the show is put together. Shame on you. Asshole you are. Diane. And Diane is from Plano, Texas. Well, Diane, I appreciate you. But here's the thing. Keep listening. I'm not changing the show for you because of your opinion. Take care. I get these kind of comments all the time. Doesn't bother me, doesn't faze me one bit. Try being working at a radio station where you can't change anything. Everything has to stay the same. 
complain about. Yes, that you're bringing it to be the same and all the rest. Never be angry after the show. Nobody gives a fuck, folks. <laughs> Make your own show if you want it to go a certain way. Plain and simple. All right, let's get back to this. Another thing, too. When it comes down to this particular type of situation, sir, one thing that I would strongly advise you about is this. This woman is gradually detaching herself from you. And one day you're going to come home and she's going to say, it's over, we're done. Don't try to talk to me. I got a restraining order. We don't need to communicate It's on its way there. The only thing you're doing now is trying to stop being after me. You know that drain when you pull the plug in the bathtub and you see that spiral? Your relationship's already there. The only problem for you is you're still trying to swim up to the top. It's not going to work. She's already checked out. See, I could see if it was a situation where she still had maybe not checked out yet or maybe say well you know maybe we need to go to counseling or something like that or I'm agreeing with you and that kind of thing but she's not so this tells you in a nutshell it's over now except for that more in a moment folks We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.